Chapter Eleven of the Ocean of Theosophy by William Q. Judge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Karma is an unfamiliar word for Western ears. It is the name adopted by theosophists of the nineteenth century for one of the most important of the laws of nature. Ceaseless in its operation, it bears alike upon planets, systems of planets, races, nations, families, and individuals. It is the twin doctrine to reincarnation. So inextricably interlaced are these two laws that it is almost impossible to properly consider one apart from the other. No spot or being in the universe is exempt from the operation of karma, but all are under its sway, punished for error by it, yet beneficently led on, through discipline, rest, and reward, to the distant heights of perfection. It is a law so comprehensive in its sweep, embracing at once our physical and our moral being, that it is only by paraphrase and copious explanation one can convey its meaning in English. For that reason the Sanskrit term karma was adopted to designate it. Applied to man's moral life, it is the law of ethical causation, justice, reward, and punishment, the cause for birth and rebirth, yet equally the means for escape from incarnation. Viewed from another point, it is merely effect flowing from cause, action, and reaction, exact result for every thought and act. It is act and the result of act for the words literal meaning is action theosophy views the universe as an intelligent whole hence every motion in the universe is an action of that whole leading to results which themselves become causes for further results viewing it thus broadly the ancient hindus said that every being up to brahma was under the rule of karma it is not a being but a law the universal law of harmony which unerringly restores all disturbance to equilibrium in this the theory conflicts with the ordinary conception about god built up from the jewish system which assumes that the almighty as a thinking entity extraneous to the cosmos builds up finds his construction inharmonious out of proportion errant and disturbed and then has to pull down destroy or punish that which he created this has either caused thousands to live in fear of god in compliance with his assumed commands with the selfish object of obtaining reward and securing escape from his wrath or has plunged them into darkness which comes from a denial of all spiritual life but as there is plainly indeed painfully evident to every human being a constant destruction going on in and around us a continual war not only among men but everywhere through the whole solar system causing sorrow in all directions reason requires a solution of the riddle the poor who see no refuge or hope cry aloud to a god who makes no reply and then envy springs up in them when they consider the comforts and opportunities of the rich they see the rich prolificates the wealthy fools enjoying themselves unpunished turning to the teacher of religion they meet the reply to their questioning of the justice which will permit such misery to those who did nothing requiring them to be born with no means no opportunities for education no capacity to overcome social racial or circumstantial obstacles it is the will of god 
parents produce beloved offspring who are cut off by death at an untimely hour just when all promised well they too have no answer to the question why am i thus afflicted but the same unreasonable reference to their inaccessible god whose arbitrary will causes their misery thus in every walk of life loss injury persecution deprivation of opportunity nature's own forces working to destroy the happiness of man death reverses disappointment continually beset good and evil men alike but nowhere is there any answer or relief save in the ancient truth that each man is the maker and fashioner of his own destiny the only one who sets in motion the causes for his own happiness and misery in one life he sows and in the next he reaps thus on and forever the law of karma leads him karma is a beneficent law wholly merciful relentlessly just for true mercy is not favor but impartial justice my brother each man's life the outcome of his former living is the bygone wrongs bring forth sorrows and woes the bygone right breeds bliss this is the doctrine of karma how is the present life affected by that bygone right and wrong act and is it always by way of punishment is karma only fate under another name an already fixed and formulated destiny from which no escape is possible and which therefore might make us careless of act or thought that cannot affect destiny it is not fatalism everything done in a former body has consequences which in the new birth the ego must enjoy or suffer for as saint paul said brethren be not deceived god is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap for the effect is the cause and karma produces the manifestation of it in the body brain and mind furnished by reincarnation and as a cause set up by one man has a distinct relation to him as a center from which it came so each one experiences the results of his own acts we may sometimes seem to receive effects solely from the acts of others but this is the result of our own acts and thoughts in this or some prior life we perform our acts in company with others always and the acts with their underlying thoughts have relation always to other persons and to ourselves no act is performed without a thought at its root either at the time of performance or as leading to it these thoughts are lodged in that part of man which we have called manas the mind and there remain as subtle but powerful links with magnetic threads that enmesh the solar system and through which various effects are brought out the theory put forward in earlier pages that the whole system to which this globe belongs is alive conscious on every plane though only in man showing self-consciousness comes into play here to explain how the thought under the act in this life may cause result in this or the next birth the marvelous modern experiments in hypnotism show that the slightest impression no matter how far back in history of the person may be waked up to life thus proving that it is not lost but only latent take for instance the case of a child born humpbacked and very short the head sunk between the shoulders the arms long and legs curtailed why is this his karma for thoughts and acts in a prior life 
he reviled persecuted or otherwise injured a deformed person so persistently or violently as to imprint in his own immortal mind the deformed picture of his victim for in proportion to the intensity of his thought will be the intensity and depth of the picture it is exactly similar to the exposure of the sensitive photographic plate whereby just as the exposure is long or short the impression in the plate is weak or deep so this thinker and actor the ego coming again to rebirth carries with him this picture and if the family to which he is attracted for birth has similar physical tendencies in its stream the mental picture causes the newly forming astral body to assume a deformed shape by electrical and magnetic osmosis through the mother of the child and as all beings on earth are indissolubly joined together the misshapen child is the karma of the parents also an exact consequence for similar acts and thoughts on their part in other lives here is an exactitude of justice which no other theory will furnish but as we often see a deformed human being continuing the instance merely for the purpose of illustration having a happy disposition an excellent intellect sound judgment and every good moral quality this very instance leads us to the conclusion that karma must be of several different kinds in every individual case and also evidently operates in more than one department of our being with the possibility of being pleasant in effect for one portion of our nature and unpleasant for another karma is of three sorts first that which has not begun to produce any effect in our lives owing to the operation on us of some other karmic causes this is under a law well known to psychicists that two opposing forces tend to neutrality and that one force may be strong enough to temporarily prevent the operation of another one this law works on the unseen mental and karmic planes or spheres of being just as it does on the material ones the force of a certain set of bodily mental and physical faculties with their tendencies may wholly inhibit the operation on us of causes with which we are connected because the whole nature of each person is used in the carrying out of this law hence the weak and mediocre furnish a weak focus for karma and in them the general result of a lifetime is limited although they may feel it all to be very heavy but that person who has a wide and deep-reaching character and much force will feel the operation of a greater quantity of karma than the weaker person second that karma which we are now making or storing up by our thoughts and acts and which will operate in the future when the appropriate body mind and environment are taken up by the incarnating ego in some other life or whenever obstructive karma is removed this bears both on the present life and the next one for one may in this life come to a point where all previous causes being worked out new karma or that which is unexpected must begin to operate under this are those cases where men have sudden reverses of fortune or changes for the better either in circumstances or character a very important bearing of this is on our present conduct while old karma must work out and cannot be stopped it is wise for the man so to think and act now under present circumstances no matter what they are that he shall produce no bad or prejudicial causes for the next rebirth or for the later years in his life 
rebellion is useless for the law works on whether we weep or rejoice the great french engineer belize is a good example of this class of karma raised to a high pitch of glory and achievement for many years of his life he suddenly falls covered with shame through the panama canal scandal whether he was innocent or guilty he has the shame of the connection of his name with a national enterprise all besmirched with bribery and corruption that involved high officials this was the operation of old karmic causes on him the very moment those which had governed his previous years were exhausted napoleon i is another for he rose to a very great fame then suddenly fell and died in exile and disgrace many other cases will occur to every thoughtful reader third that karma has begun to produce results it is the operating now in this life on us of causes set up in previous lives in company with other egos and it is in this operation because being most adapted to the family stock the individual body astral body and race tendencies of the present incarnation it exhibits itself plainly while other unexpected karma awaits its regular turn these three classes of karma govern men animals worlds and periods of evolution every effect flows from a cause precedent and as all human beings are constantly being reborn they are continually experiencing the effects of their thoughts and acts which are themselves causes of a prior incarnation and thus each one answers as saint matthew says for every word and thought none can escape either by prayer or favor or force or any other intermediary now as karmic causes are divisible into three classes they must have various fields in which to work they operate upon man and his mental and intellectual nature in his physical or soul nature and in his body and circumstances the spiritual nature of man is never affected or operated upon by karma one species of karma may act on the three specified planes of our nature at the same time to the same degree or there may be a mixture of the causes some on one plane and some on another take a deformed person who has a fine mind and a deficiency in his soul nature here punitive or unpleasant karma is operating on his body while in his mental and intellectual nature good karma is being experienced but psychically the karma or cause being of an indifferent sort the result is indifferent in another person other combinations appear he has a fine body and favorable circumstances but the character is morose peevish irritable revengeful morbid and disagreeable to himself and others here good physical karma is at work with very bad mental intellectual and psychical karma cases will occur to readers of persons born in high station having every opportunity in power yet being imbecile or suddenly becoming insane and just as all these phases of the law of karma have sway over the individual man so they similarly operate upon races nations and families each race has its karma as a whole if it be good that race goes forward if bad it goes out annihilated as a race though the souls concerned take up their karma in other races and bodies nations cannot escape their national karma and any nation that has acted in a wicked manner must suffer some day be it soon or late 
the karma of the nineteenth century in the west is the karma of israel for even the merest tyro can see that the mosaic influence is the strongest in the european and american nations the old aztec and other ancient american peoples died out because their own karma the result of their own life as nations in the far past fell upon and destroyed them with nations this heavy operation of karma is always through famine war convulsion of nature and the sterility of the women of the nation the latter cause comes near the end and sweeps the whole remnant away the individual in race or nation is warned by this great doctrine that if he falls into indifference of thought and act thus moulding himself into the general average karma of his race or nation that national and race karma will at last carry him off in the general destiny this is why teachers of old cried come ye out and be ye separate with reincarnation the doctrine of karma explains the misery and suffering of the world and no room is left to accuse nature of injustice the misery of any nation or race is the direct result of the thoughts and acts of the egos who make up the race or nation in the dim past they did wickedly and now suffer they violated the laws of harmony the immutable rule is that harmony must be restored if violated so these egos suffer in making compensation and establishing the equilibrium of the occult cosmos the whole mass of egos must go on incarnating and reincarnating in the nation or race until they have all worked out to the end the causes set up though the nation may for a time disappear as a physical thing the egos that made it do not leave the world but come out as the makers of some new nation in which they must go on with the task and take either punishment or reward as accords with their karma of this law the old egyptians are an illustration they rose to a high point of development and as certainly they were extinguished as a nation but the souls the old egos live on and are now fulfilling their self-made destiny as some other nation now in our period they may be the new american nation or the jews fated to wander up and down in the world and suffer much at the hands of others this process is perfectly just take for instance the united states and the red indians the latter having been most shamefully treated by the nation the indian egos will be reborn in the new and conquering people and as members of that great family will be the means themselves of bringing on the due results for such acts as were done against them when they had red bodies thus it has happened before and so it will come about again individual unhappiness in any life is thus explained a it is punishment for evil done in past lives or b it is discipline taken up by the ego for the purpose of eliminating defects or acquiring fortitude and sympathy when defects are eliminated it is like removing the obstruction in an irrigating canal which then lets the water flow on happiness is explained in the same way the result of prior lives of goodness the scientific and self-compelling basis for right ethics is found in these and in no other doctrines for if right ethics are to be practiced merely for themselves men will not see why and have never been able to see why for that reason they should do right 
if ethics are to be followed from fear man is degraded and will surely evade if the favor of the almighty not based on law or justice be the reason then we will have just what prevails today a code given by jesus to the west professed by nations and not practiced save by the few who would in any case be virtuous on this subject the adepts have written the following to be found in the secret doctrine nor would the ways of karma be inscrutable were men to work in union and harmony instead of disunion and strife for our ignorance of those ways which one portion of mankind calls the ways of providence dark and intricate while another sees them in the action of blind fatalism and a third simple chance with neither gods nor devils to guide them would surely disappear if we would but attribute all these to their correct cause with right knowledge or at any rate with a confident conviction that our neighbors will no more work to harm us than we would think of harming them two-thirds of the world's evil would vanish into thin air were no man to hurt his brother karma nemesis would have neither cause to work for nor weapons to act through we cut these numerous windings in our destinies daily with our own hands while we imagine that we are pursuing a track on the royal high road of respectability and duty and then complain of those ways being so intricate and so dark we stand bewildered before the mystery of our own making and the riddles of life that we will not solve and then accuse the great sphinx of devouring us but verily there is not an accident in our lives not a misshapen day or a misfortune that could not be traced back to our own doings in this or another life knowledge of karma gives the conviction that if virtue in distress and vice in triumph make atheists of mankind it is only because that mankind has ever shut his eyes to the great truth that man is himself his own saviour and his own destroyer that he need not accuse heaven and the gods fates and providence of the apparent injustice that reigns in the midst of humanity but let him rather remember and repeat this bit of grecian wisdom which warns man to forbear accusing that which just though mysterious leads us on unerring through ways unmarked from guilt to punishment which are now the ways and the high road on which move onward the great european nations the western aryans had every nation and tribe like their eastern brethren of the fifth race their golden and their iron ages their period of comparative irresponsibility or the satya age of purity while now several of them have reached their iron age the kali yuga an age black with horrors this state will last until we begin acting from within instead of ever following impulses from without until then the only palliative is union and harmony a brotherhood in actu and altruism not simply in name End of chapter eleven